Hey, you're listening to the Love Fiercely podcast. My name is Keila Craft Ambrose. This is a place to grow, be inspired, and to go deeper in the things of God. I hope you enjoy this episode. I'm going to try to share something with you fastly, okay? So we just came off of Easter. You guys know what Easter is? If you don't, yes, Jesus died on the cross and he loves you and he was raised to life, okay, for you. So there's a lot of information in that. But, you know, I think that throughout history there's names that echo through the generations. And these are names that have come, become synonymous with wickedness. And some of these are Adolf Hitler, Attila the Hun, Benedict Arnold, Jeffrey Dahmer, Timothy McVeigh, Osama bin Laden. These people evoke such images of evil to us that, and by the way, if you hear that, that's an amen from heaven. So you can just, you can just rejoice that angels are on our side. So... There are people who evoke such images of evil that just mentioning their name can set the room and the people in the room on edge. For all the wrong reasons, these names are names that we will never forget. And throughout history, a few names have carried a stronger sense of evil than Judas. Judas is probably one of the worst things you could ever be called. If someone ever said, oh, he's just a Judas or she's just a Judas, that's probably one of the worst things that someone could ever say about you. And over 2,000 years later, his name is probably the worst insult that you could ever be called. I used to hear the story of Jesus, and I was horrified, to be completely honest. And maybe you are too. I don't know if you've ever seen The Passion of the Christ, but if you haven't, it's a super, like, real visual. Like, I couldn't stop crying through the movie because it was, it was like my brain was able to comprehend the things that I've read. And when I think back to that story and the people who betrayed Jesus along the way, I was not only horrified, but I was disappointed that so many people betrayed Jesus. The way that they treated him, the way they used him, the way they betrayed him for their own gain, it was just appalling. And to hear their stories, it almost seems unbelievable. Like it almost seems unbelievable. How could they know Jesus and how could they do this? I'm unable to understand how they got to the place where they betrayed him, where they hurt him, and where they eventually put him to death. These people, their thought processes and ways, they seem so foreign and so shocking and so terrible to me. And I don't know if you've ever felt that way when you hear the story of Jesus, but I know for me it's, yes, of course, the major thing is that Jesus died and he raised and there was, there was a whole purpose in that. But I also look to the people that made it happen. And, you know, coming off of Easter, I just started having some thoughts about this. And, you know, I was thinking about Judas. And if, if you want to take some notes, I encourage you to. But the title of this message is called Jesus Still Loves Me. I think about Judas and I think about how he was one of the chosen 12 disciples. It's easy to forget that. Like, Jesus chose him to walk with him to do life with him. He was in Jesus' inner circle. He was one of his closest friends, and yet he betrayed him. You know, he, he believed that Jesus was the Messiah, God's anointed one, and yet he turned him over. And it doesn't get any lower than that. Like, any more backstabbery than that. Like, all of us can think of a moment that you were betrayed. Like, you guys have all been in a moment like that, right, where, where a friend's betrayed you, maybe a parent's betrayed you, maybe a loved one's betrayed you, maybe someone you were dating's betrayed you, and there is nothing like that feeling. 
There's nothing that compares to that feeling. And you know, the story has been told for countless generations by countless different people, and the emphasis has always been the same. Judas killed Jesus. There's nothing worse that you could ever be than be a Judas. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John all agree, and they're perfectly clear it was Judas's fault. He was the start of what all became the crucifixion. I wonder, just hang with me here. I wonder if we've been a little bit harsh on Judas. Think about it for a moment. Judas was one of the 12. I wonder if Judas really expected that his actions would turn out very differently. To be clear, like, I don't know this dude. I don't know what he thought about. I don't know what his life was. But nobody tells us the backstory. Maybe he thought that talking to the authorities would force the issue and give Jesus a chance to really show people his power. After all, they had seen crowds gather around Jesus when he entered into Jerusalem. Maybe that would happen again with the authorities. I don't know. But it's clear, at least to me, that Judas, I don't think he expected what happened. I don't think he could foresee exactly what they would do to Jesus. I don't think he could foresee the torture and the humiliation and the painful death that Jesus experienced on the cross. Just look at the story. As soon as things started taking a turn for the worse, Judas was shocked and gave all the money back. And we, most of us know what he did in the end. He took his own life. So I would... Yes, he didn't think that that would happen to Jesus. In some ways, I think that we've all been there. We've all done and said things that have had unintended consequences and outcomes that we never imagined and results that we never expected. But too far and too often, we can't see beyond our own noses. We can't see beyond our own decisions and we give too little thought to the fact that our consequences, there are consequences to our actions. We may consider how our actions affect us personally, but then we stop and we don't think beyond that. But the truth is is that everything we do has a consequence. And I'm gonna be totally honest with you. Maybe the real reason of me saying all this, that we're too hard on Judas, maybe it's selfish of me because I am Judas. I I had this revelation after Easter where I've thought for so many years, like, Judas is such a bad guy. I can't believe that he would do that. That's so low. But I am Judas. How many times have I betrayed Jesus, pledging my loyalty to him in one moment and then in the next selling him out for the sake of what I want? How many times have I plotted for my own way and chosen not surrender to God when I was selling out for what I wanted more than I wanted Jesus? How many times have I rejected him? How many times have I betrayed him? And the answer is daily, I know what he's done for me. I know how much he loves me. I've been told. And the list of ways that I sell out is never ending. I consciously resort to my own way of thinking, acting, and being, and I choose anger or envy, or I hold grudges, or I knowingly choose to turn to my own way, and I sin instead of loving Jesus back. I wonder, how could Jesus still love Judas? We don't think about that. But Jesus loved Judas. And he still loves me. And he still loves you. Judas' sin was betraying Jesus. Judas knew of Jesus' great love. He knew of his power and his compassion. And still, he betrayed Jesus. I am Judas. And if you don't know it yet, you're Judas too. 
Every time we fail to love people as Jesus loved us, we betray. Every time we allow people to suffer, we betray him. Every time we choose our self-interest and pride instead of the good of everyone around us, we betray him. Every time we react in anger and hatred, we betray him. He knew, Jesus knew that I would choose myself. And I would choose my way over him and still he chose to love me. I think a lot of times we're blind to the consequences of betrayal. We don't know until we've found ourselves on the other side of it and we see everything falling apart. Maybe you've been a person that's betrayed somebody. I have. And we look to the depths of betrayal like someone else's is worse. The worst betrayal I could ever have is to Jesus and I do it daily. That was such a humbling thought for me because for so long I thought of him as this villain and I thought of him as, as this wicked person that we hear about in history, but I am him. Like, that's something I have to struggle with daily. You know, there was a time in my life where I went through a season and I asked God, I said, God, how do you handle people like Judas? And literally God told me, I love them. Now we have to choose to love him back. But there's nothing you can do. The Bible says that there's no height, no depth. There's nothing that can separate you from the love of God. Nothing. None of your actions, nothing that you can do can separate you from the love of God except for you. You're the only person that can separate yourself from the love of God. So we try to reason ourselves of why God doesn't love us or why God can't accept us. But the fact is he knew everything that you would do and he still died for you. He still paid the price for you. He literally knew every single thing. If you're willing to look at the very real consequences of our thoughtless words and actions, you can accept that you are just like Judas, more than you would like to probably admit. Go with me here for a moment, okay? Think about this. Jesus knew. He goes into the room with his disciples, and if you were at the production, you see it. They're all at a table together. He goes into this room knowing he's going to be betrayed. He knows it's Judas. He knows he's going to turn against him. And he knows what's already been done. He knows that he's been sold out for a handful of silver, stabbed in the back by the one he's poured his life into. Jesus knows this. And yet in that room, hours before his death, Judas ate too. Jesus fed Judas too. Jesus prayed for Judas too. Jesus washed Judas' feet too. Think about that. Jesus knew every single thing that was going to happen, and he didn't treat Judas differently. How often do we treat people differently because of what they've done to us? Because of how they've, they've talked about us or what we think. Because of how they've made us feel. But if Jesus is supposed to really be our example, and that's how he treated Judas, well, thank God, because I'm Judas too. I struggle to fathom the kind of love that would feed a mouth that's deceived you. A love that would wash the treacherous feet of a traitor. A love that could forgive even the vilest of betrayers. I honestly struggled to comprehend it. And then suddenly I realize, I put myself in that place and I think of all the things that I've done and I'm Judas. And then suddenly in that moment, I'm so thankful and altogether overwhelmed that Jesus loved Judas too. This is a really weird thought process and message. But it, I think it's so true in our life to come to the point to realize not only 
can we not do enough that Jesus won't love us? But understanding, I was talking to my friend before the service started, when you point the finger, there's three pointing back at you. We do that to other people. We do that to ourselves in our life. We think they're the problem. This is the problem. How often are we causing the issues? And we're not ready to make the changes. And we're not willing to make the changes. And God's ready to help you. And we just won't step into it. You have everything you need today to succeed. You have everything you need today to get where God's calling you to be. The only thing that's going to stop you is you. I don't know about you, but I have trouble serving my closest loved ones. It's difficult for me to humble myself, to serve others, and to put others' needs before my own. I can't fathom putting a backstabber's needs in front of my own. I can't fathom it. And at the same time, I am the backstabber. I am the betrayer. I am the one who put Jesus on the cross. It is our sin that put him there. You might not think you were alive 2,000 years ago, but your sin put him there. How many times have I turned from God's grace to live and act and be and do what I want to? But Jesus served and loved me by going to the cross. It's so humbling because, my, not because of just my sin, but because Jesus loved me. Even though I am the worst sinner. Like you might not have ever killed somebody, but sin is all the same. Sin basically means like to miss the mark. So if you've ever missed the mark, that just put Jesus on the cross. And thank God, because guess what that just did? That gave us the opportunity to get it right. You don't have to jump through hoops. You don't have to figure out all the answers. All you have to do is lay down what you want and go, God, I want what you want over what I want. Even though Jesus knows me in my worst parts, he served me. Even though Jesus knew that I would betray him, he went to the cross willingly for me and for you. You know, in John 13, 14, it says, if I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you also should do just as I have done to you. Jesus humbled himself and served his greatest enemy. Yeah, you know, the Bible says Judas chose his own way. And we all know what that ended up looking like in the end. But it's easy to just dismiss Judas as the villain or a victim but I'm struck by the fact that in many ways he was just like me. Judas was a follower of Jesus, a preacher of the gospel, but there was double-mindedness about him. In the end, he abandoned the faith that he once professed because he chose what he wanted over God. I just wanna challenge you tonight in this short message. Choose God over what you want. Understand that you might find yourself in the place of Judas at times but you don't have to stay there. You know what's so sad about Judas's story? He stayed there. Do you not think? You know, there's so many historical references in Jewish texts about how Jesus visited so many freaking people after he was gone. Do you not think that he would have left any stone unturned? Do you not think that he would have shown Judas his love? Even in the midst of our mess ups, Sometimes we choose to stay in the mess up and stay in the dirt and stay in the darkness instead of receiving the love that's right there for us. And then we blame God. Today, I wanna confess to you, I am Judas and God still loves me and he still loves you. And so tonight, 
we're gonna, we're gonna say a simple prayer together. And this might be the first time you've ever prayed like this, and maybe you've prayed like this a million times, but you know in your heart when you're saying this, because we're all gonna say this together, if you mean it, and I'm saying this tonight to God. So if you would, just repeat this prayer after me. Say, God, thank you for loving me in spite of my mistakes, even though I continue to betray you. You love me unconditionally. I thank you for that love. I receive that love. I want my life to show your love. Forgive me of when I've messed up. I love you, Jesus. God, I just thank you that tonight we can have a realization of who we are without you. And we can understand that you still love us just as if nothing had ever happened because your love is not based on us or our actions. Your love is based on who you are. And God, I pray that we would be inspired by that to love other people, not based on who they are, but who you are. And God, we can follow your example and we cannot just get hard on ourselves or be mad at ourselves and keep repeating the same mistakes, but we can realize you love us enough to stand with us and to pick us up. So God, we don't have to stay down. We don't have to stay depressed. We don't have to stay in anxiety or panic. We don't have to stay in our excuses because we can realize what we are without you and lay that aside daily. God, we need you. We need your help. So come. You know exactly where each one of us needs you in our life. God, we just ask that you would come that you would, you would help us to see you like we've never seen you because you've never stopped loving us. You've never stopped being for us. God, we just receive your presence in our life like never before. I speak right alignments. God, I speak right opportunities. I speak healing where there needs to be healing. Wholeness where there needs to be wholeness. So we can walk forward, not broken, not wanting to be like someone who takes our own life, but walking forward in victory, knowing that you already have the victory. So all we have to do is follow you into it. We don't have to stay where the world tells us we have to stay. God, we don't have to stay in our feelings or in our emotions. We can choose to remain in victory. And you can take us, like the Bible says, from glory to glory, over and over in our life. Not that we don't face hard times, but we don't do it alone. And God, you use everything for, the, for our good and for the good of others for your kingdom. And we thank you for that, God. We don't know what's ahead, but we know you're going to be there. And you're already there preparing the way. In Jesus' name. Amen. Awesome. Thank you for listening to the Love Fiercely podcast. I would love for you to subscribe to personally receive weekly encouragement. Also, check out my blog at keelacraftambrose.com for monthly content. Don't forget to follow me on Facebook and Instagram at keelacraftambrose.com.